This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Shlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. For this episode of Soundmaking, I spoke with clarinet player Heather Roach and composer Christopher Fox, who both live in England. The episode is centred around Christopher's piece Headlong, which is written for a solo instrument and backing track. This recording is the title track from Heather's 2018 release on the Metier label. This terrific album features eight pieces by Christopher Fox. Amongst other topics, I spoke with Heather and Christopher about the nature of the backing track, the title of the piece, and the challenge involved in performing this work. My name's Christopher Fox, and I was born a long time ago, 1955, in York in the UK. And having lived in various places, I am now back in Yorkshire, living uh, in a village to the west of Huddersfield. And I would say I identify as a composer. My name is Heather Roach. I am a clarinetist and new music specialist. I grew up on the west coast of Canada in Victoria, BC, and I now live in London. We just heard the beginning of Headlong, which is a piece I wrote originally in 2008 for the oboe player Christopher Redgate, who'd asked me to write a piece for the Musette, which is an oboe in E-flat. And he premiered the piece in the States in 2009. And then various other musicians have played it. I always intended the piece to be um, possible on any woodwind instrument. And in, I think, 2015, Heather Roach um, asked if she could play it. And then she um, gave a performance in London. And then out of that came the project to make an album of all my clarinet music and this piece features on that and indeed is the title track of the album. Well I first became aware of Christopher when I started my PhD at Huddersfield uh, which I must have started in 2007 and he left maybe a year or two before that because a lot of my the other PhD students were ex-students of his and but his presence was sort of in the room uh, and the I think the first piece of his that I played was his Straight Lines in Broken Times 2 for clarinet, violin and piano. And I was completely obsessed with this piece. Um, I think Headlong shares some of the some similar qualities in terms of the clarinet technique, but I just practiced it like mad. Then it wasn't until 2016 that I played headlong for the first time and it wasn't long after that that I, I had this idea to make a CD with a lot of his clarinet works because he just is so prolific in general but with the clarinet in particular. So the the album Headlong uh, came out on the Metier label. We decided together which pieces were going to go on the album. They're all pieces for either one or two clarinets 
uh, but it's me playing on everything. So I'm, I multi-tracked on a few of them. I changed which clarinet some of the solo pieces would be on. For example, Escalation, which I believe was originally conceived for B-flat clarinet. I've played on Contra just because um, it sounds. I think it sounds so great with these constantly upward moving pitches uh, in this deep register. Headlong was particularly important on, the, on this album because it was one of the solo pieces that I had the most experience performing live. And it's also such a difficult piece to play live that I was really keen to do, um, to do a really good and detailed recording. The thing that happens in Headlong is that the, there's a solo wind instrument, and in this case it's Heather playing the E-flat clarinet, and the backing track, um, and it really is a backing track, is made of square wave pulses. Um, always, always one at a time, they start off on um, a single note on an A, and then they gradually spread out on, over a much wider uh, compass and they act sort of as an audible metronome for the whole piece. One of the reasons I use square waves is that they remind me a lot of um, early computer games and there's even a section in the middle where they go flying all over the place and it sounds just like an early 80s uh, uh, really cheap little sequencer um, which somehow I like I, I like the contrast between that and the sort of complicated sound that an acoustic instrument like the clarinet makes. Beyond synchronising with the backing track, um, the difficult thing about the piece is basically how it accelerates from one section to the next. There's no time to take a break or fix the embouchure or anything like this. It's very, it just, it just keeps going. It's quite relentless. And as the sections progress, they get more difficult with more leaps um, and faster technique. Uh, the last section is is the most difficult. It's also one of the shortest, I think. But if if I manage to get to that the end of that last section at the same time as the last ping ponging in the backing track, I'm always so relieved. Yeah, it's a uh, it's so difficult, but it's such an adrenaline rush. It's almost like going up through the levels of a computer game. So it gets progressively harder and harder. So right at the beginning, you just hear this r- repeated square wave pulse, and then against it, um, single long notes. And by the end, uh, the music is really difficult. I mean, constant fast uh, passages, uh, usually descending because. As the title suggests, it's, this piece has got something to do with falling um, over and over again. The engineer and producer, editor, uh, technical maestro of the whole thing was the wonderful Aaron Holloway Nahum. And my main memory of the sessions is that they were extraordinarily um, uh, good humoured. Um, Heather obviously had to do a f- formidable amount of work. Um, and Aaron is one of those uh, has this wonderfully um, supportive manner where he will say, "No, that was fantastic, but I feel you probably have one more, re- even better take in you." As to the title headlong, that comes from an, the image in Peter 
Bruegel's painting um, of the fall of Icarus, um, which I knew about not so much from the painting, but from a poem by W.H. Auden called Musée des Beaux-Arts. Um, and this, in this painting, the, the, the point that Auden makes is it's called the fall of Icarus, but actually it's a painting of a seascape from seen from the shore. There's a ship out in the middle of the sea. There are people ploughing on the headland. Um, and you can just see that uh, Icarus f disappearing into the sea. And it's that that idea of the fall, but also um, the fall, the fall observed, but actually is actually anybody observing that that was also a sort of preoccupying image behind this piece but mostly the idea of falling one of the great things about it is it sort of does what it says on the tin i mean once once you've set up the the first couple of sections it's it's more or less obvious what's going to continue to happen i suspect a lot of the a lot of things are quite quite jarring in the piece in terms of the the kind of pitch material and how it plays with these these ping pong sounds. If you embrace the sort of 16-bit video game aspect of the piece, it's probably quite enjoyable. It's like it's like a kind of ride. I guess I guess one of my jobs as the performer is to sort of sell that kind of video game aspect in a way that you don't worry that I'm going to lose all of my lives and and be chucked out of the game. There's no, it's not going to be a game over. I'm going to make it to the end. So you can sort of relax and kind of enjoy the ride. Um, like you're watching some kind of YouTube playthrough. Uh, I'm so I'm going slightly off piste here, but um, I don't really know what it's like to experience from the other side. I'm quite busy at the time. Although I don't necessarily like the, the piece all that much all the time. Um, when it's done really fantastically well, as Chris Redgate did it, as as Heather does in in this recording, I particularly enjoy the virtuosity of those uh, final pages and the sense of it being right on the edge of what might be possible. The the, the, the feeling of falling that you know not only is the music falling, but that Heather might actually fall off these patterns as well, and of course she doesn't. 